0: Radioinfluence.com. Oh, man. This one was good. This one was really good for me. I hope you enjoy it. Al Dukes lives in New Jersey at the Jersey Shore, commutes every day, every weekday into Manhattan, but it's very early in the morning, but still... And he produces the Boomer and Geo show on the biggest, baddest sports talk radio station in the country, WFAN New York. Legendary station. And I, I got to know Al Dukes when he was here in Tampa. Like I said, he was from New Jersey, went to IU, Indiana University. Uh, but he ended up in Tampa Bay. And he ended up starting in radio. And he had a good sense of humor, like a real dry sense of humor. I like that. And he became friends with my buddies, Whitney Johnson, Tom Connolly, the like. He gives a lot of credit to Mike Calta here which stories that I did not know for catapulting his radio career up in New York in the number one market in the country. I wanted to get back home. And he's done it, and he has got some great stories here. Not only producing Boomer and Carton, and now Boomer and Geo, Boomer Esiason, the morning show on WFAN. They're on their second decade now. Uh, but also, for he produced uh, the David Lee Roth show. He was the one that pushed the dump button for the open and Anthony show when they were on FM in New York City. He's got a great career, great stories, and we sat down and we just shot the shit. So here he is. He goes by a boring mantra, mantra, uh, but he's he's far from boring. I really enjoyed this. I hope you do too. Here he is, Al Dukes. All right, I am with the great Al Dukes. Now, Al, this podcast is the rock stops here. And it's media people, it's athletes, it's coaches, it's entertainers. How you have made it to the top you have made it to the top. You're on the number one morning show on WFAN, number one market, and you've been doing it a long time. And just congratulations on your success, Al.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I, I owe to a couple of local Tampa people as well. I mean, I, I came up uh, in 2001 to interview with uh, Ron and Fez, uh, and uh, Mike Calta gave me his, you know, Ron and Fez were like, uh, bring up uh, all of your contacts, you know, for guests. And I had no contacts for guests. And Mike Calta just photocopied all of his notebooks with, with numbers, Hulk Hogan, it was just a million names on it. All like handwritten. And I just copied all these pages. And when I went up there, I show up to interview with Ron and Fez. I had all of that in a Buccaneer uh, folder. And they're of course from Tampa. They see the Buccaneer folder. Won me right over, so I get to go work with them. And then from there, met Chernoff, FAN, met Craig, uh, got me in for the interview with Boomer, and that's how it happened. So I had to thank uh, Mike Calter for that.
0: I am blown away because I've listened to you for all your podcasts, your stories, I follow you. That I had no idea. And I know Mike likes you. All the Tampa people that knew you back in the day all like you, Al. You're a Jersey boy, you're a Jersey guy. How, how, what was the connection to Tampa? How, how did that start out?
1: This is a very strange connection. I had no connection to Tampa. So, I, when I got done at Kane University in New Jersey, I didn't feel like I was prepared to get any job because I was like sending resumes to New York. I had zero experience and no ability to do anything. So, I ended up going to graduate school in Indiana. I always wanted to go to Indiana, just from I love David Letterman, so I was like, I'd like to see what Indiana's like. <laughs> I was able to go uh, for free because, you know, I worked while I was out there and they paid for my school and this sort of thing. So, from there, I met a girl out there who you know, Kate, many, many years ago. I do. Uh, who works at Bay News 9. This is 100 years ago. It was like 1992. Uh, she lived in, in outside of Tampa. So, when we graduated, I was like, I really don't want to go back to New Jersey. I'll go to I'll go to Tampa. And then I got part-time radio jobs there. Met your main man, Whitney. He took me under his wing as far as like showing me how to do reporting how to call guests like all that stuff so that that's how I ended up in Tampa
0: wow now Tampa is a great place to live a lot as you know a lot in the business when they get to Tampa they just end up staying in Tampa but you always was it a thing that you always knew that you wanted to to go to the big time now
1: well it, it was really more like a family thing so my both of my sisters uh, at the time didn't have kids but I kind of knew like ah once I had kids I, I didn't want to be the uncle that lived far away uh, so then when I you know it, everything kind of timed out right I was working with the fabulous sports babe uh, her show ended uh, a girl I was dating said hit the bricks and I was like this may be my time to go N E W was looking for somebody on Ron and Fez I shot right up there, interviewed, got it, came back, packed my stuff and headed out and never looked back.
0: Wow. What an experience going right from there to Ron and Fez, wnew that was guy talk, it was wild, There was Opie and Anthony, and I bet you that was some experience for you, because you're now in Shock Jock Radio, you like to entertain, but that's at a whole different level, is it not?
1: Yeah, well that's like, I'm in, I've i been in sports most of my career, I'm not even into sports all that much, but it was more about like, uh, I grew up, loved Howard Stern. So then, yeah, Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez, it was a a great experience, but it was stressful to me because those guys, like, every day, it was like, all right, that was great. What do we, we got to top that tomorrow. We got to top that. It's like, holy God. And then you have inner shows competing. So, Opie and Anthony did something crazy. Ron and Fez wanted to one-up it. You know, it's like, it it got, it was a lot of pressure because you really you were expected to bring it every day, you know, and it just, you would get to Friday, man, and it would be like, oh my God, thank God I made it to Friday, you know. So, uh, I, I it was hard for me to keep going at that because... It was, it, that felt like a difficult work environment for me.
0: Yeah. It wasn't like that you didn't like Ron and Fez. You liked those guys, but the stuff, the pranks, you got to each day, the content. I think that was probably what it was, right?
1: That's what it was too. And, and I was young for, I wasn't young age wise, but I didn't have experience in that. And so Ron and Fez being the experts at this, that they are, they, li- it was like, they lived that life. The whole time you were around them so it wasn't just like hey on the air we'll do this it'll be hilarious like th- that was your whole day so from the time they got into the office you it was not that it was like the show but like they didn't want to ever make something feel fake so if they were pissed at you on the show they didn't talk to you off the air either you know what i mean like it was just this where does the show begin in the real life it was it was a tough And I was a young guy and I I didn't have much experience with that. I got to tell you, it was the first time, you know, listening to Stern all these years. And there were a couple things we did on Ron and Fez that was like, you know, embellished or whatever. It was the first time ever I started to question Howard Stern. I was like, huh, maybe all that isn't 100% real, right? It comes from somewhere real. And just like wrestling, you get hit with a chair, it hurts. But you have some idea of the direction you're going.
0: So then you end up staying with the company. You ended up on the Opie and Anthony show, but you were, didn't you, weren't you the guy that pushed, was in charge of the dump button at that time, Al?
1: Yeah. What was weird is like at that time, the the people that they, that the company was putting into programming positions, like assistant program director, program director, which is what I wanted to do at the time, they all, that first level of trying to be a management was, hey, handle the sensor button for these guys, you know, it happened over at Howard Stern. The the the, the guy that uh, was doing it before me at Opie and Anthony now is running uh, the, our uh, news talk station in Chicago. He runs the whole thing. Just got that job there. Wow. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll do this, and and uh, maybe I can move up management ranks that way. So uh, that's what I ended up doing. But yeah, those guys were nuts.
0: And you were weren't you on the dumb button for a uh, sec? Yeah, sex yeah. for Sam it was a a couple had sex in uh or or i don't know if they really did but they were in uh the cathedral saint patrick's Patrick's, and you were running the dump button but but at the time
1: you yeah i always talk about this because everybody got fired except me all right so if you look what i did that day uh and i have the dump sheet Every anytime we used to edit something from the show or dump it out live i would have to write down what it was and why i took it out so uh, looking back on that dump sheet, you know, there were very clear things that I took out that were very graphic. But the whole concept of the show was okayed by the company back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so what was I going to take out? of four-hour, delete an entire four-hour show? You know, if you listen back to the audio of that sex or Sam, it's like, oh, look, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's doing the two-point conversion. Well, what the hell does that mean? I mean, they knew in code what it was, but that's not something you would dump out of. Was a whole conversation and the, the whole thing was crazy. So, uh, yeah, people are always amazed that I was the one guy that didn't get let go of that whole thing. But I, I, I did my part.
0: Now, where did you go from being the guy with the dumb button on Opie and
1: Anthony out? So then, uh, once Opie and Anthony got fired from WNEW, it ruined. T- hot talk i legitimately 1025 the bone in tampa might be the only one left no
0: you're right you're right i tell that to people oh, that that that, that, yeah. Mar- that doesn't work it does in tampa nowhere else but anyway go ahead
1: no it works you just gotta have the balls to be able to to do that format you know and and uh, uh, a lot of places don't want to do that so uh yeah so then th- that all got blown out and uh for some reason they didn't fire me again uh, it was me and Chris Olivero, who now is like runs Odyssey New York. Uh, we were both producers. They let go of everybody except me and him. Uh, they kept us on when they flipped formats a couple times. We kept just staying along. They kept like, so we'd produce like the morning show uh, at, uh, you know, uh, at 1027 when it was called Blink and it was called Mix and it was a million things. And then from there, Olivero got a job at corporate. And then when they had an opening there, He brought me over to corporate, and then that's how I started getting my other jobs.
0: Now, you were also the producer for David Lee Roth from Van Halen, I remember when he came on Howard Stern's show a couple of times, he was very cocky and he thought he really knew. And then when Howard was going from terrestrial to satellite, he actually brought on David Lee Roth. And Roth is like, I've done a million interviews. I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh my God. So here you are producing David Lee Roth for Talk Radio. What was that like, Al?
1: Oh, listen, I loved Van Halen, right? Who didn't love Van Halen? Who didn't love David Lee Roth on MTV when it came out? He was like a wild, but that dude is an intense dude. And uh, it was a weird position because I feel like, and I don't know this for sure, but I feel like the bosses told David Lee Roth, you are the star, you do what you do. And I think they told the management, management control this guy. So it was a constant battle, you know, and... uh, That did not last very long. I don't think he was a good choice, obviously, for a morning show. I thought he had a really cool nighttime vibe. He did some shows before he got the morning show. Yeah, he did some shows in uh, Boston at night. For the classic rock stations, it was a very cool vibe. He was playing song, like playing like uh, the regular, uh, you know, Zeppelin, all this stuff, classic rock, and in between, you have fun stories. But it was like a cool late night hang that does not translate to the morning. It just didn't, you know. He's not a morning guy. He's a nighttime hangout party type of guy. So I knew that was going to be a disaster.
0: Now, Al Dukes, how did this come about? Boomer, it's Boomer and Geo. It was Boomer and Carton, Craig Carton. How did this job come about? How many years now, Al?
1: Uh, this is our 16th.
0: 16 years. Congrats. How did it come about, Al?
1: That came about, I was uh, working David Lee Roth, and Mark Chernoff was, was in charge of that over at uh, K-Rock, and he was still doing FAN Chernoff. Uh, so then I, I had told everyone in corporate with the David Lee Roth job, I go, listen, I said, I will take the producer job that they're offering me. When that ends, I don't go with them. You know what I mean? You didn't throw me out. They're like, smart. totally. Then they agreed. They're like, okay, yeah, all cool. So when that ended, I did a little work with Opie and Anthony again when they moved them from satellite back over the terrestrial radio on 92.3.
0: And, by the way, you said that they were they were different. different. They came back different yeah. after being out for like two years.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, it wasn't even just that they were out. It was, they came back different for being on satellite for all those years. Aww. And the reason I was on satellite, you didn't have a lot of commercials. So they had a lot of time to kill. So they were doing these, These they got into this bad habit, and I think Anthony agrees with this now, and even probably agreed at the time. They got into this bad habit of like, picking out news stories, and then playing the audio from the the newscast, and just, it was like never ending. It just, it wasn't succinct. They weren't, it just it just didn't work anymore when they came back you know something was gone the the they they were had gotten thrown off the radio so when they came back they don't want to get thrown off again right so they were i think they were being extra careful they were really nice to me which was very odd they were running stuff by me before they would air it say how can i how? instead of like at N E W, they would just put something on the air and let it be my problem at k-rock when they came back they were like ow oh, we want to play this and say this what's the best way we could do it without you know they would run stuff by me it was unbelievable so
0: did you know that they were not getting along could you tell was jim norton there at that time yeah. okay so could you tell it all could you tell because boy you boy now when i listen to both their sides oh my god al
1: yeah no i had no idea because they always like ron and fez man they were our united front and that like they they it was them against everyone else right so i did never never got that from them
0: that off on yeah. the air
1: man oh well, they said mike and the mad dog i i work with guys jerry recco who i work with eddie Scizari who i work with they worked with mike and chris they would go months without speaking to each <laughs> other off the air and the mics would come on i don't know how they do that the mics come on they turn it on go to commercial silence they both walk separate ways in the hallway come back and finish the show so no never never thought that i will be an anthony
0: all right so chernoff knows you he likes you they're looking for a producer it is all sports legendary station but didn't he want more of kind of like a morning show and not just the x's and o's and you fit that bill out
1: yeah so um i knew craig carton from when i was working with ron and fez craig was doing mornings as the sports guy at new and i think craig he liked, he used to see me there really early during his show, and Ron Efez was on at that time, they were on at noon when I first got there. And Craig was on from like uh, six to nine a.m. and I'd be there at like seven, and he knew the show didn't come on till noon, so like he liked that I was there, like getting stuff ready, preparing stuff, uh, trying to think of topics and things. So when that job came up, I was uh, had been working with Chris Olivero and Chernoff, and then Craig was like, ah, that guy Al, you know, I used to see at NEW I know you guys work with him what about him and yeah so I and again I had a job already at at Opie and Anthony and I said ah, I don't know sports you know and uh, I didn't want to try another show to fail you know they just try these all these shows and a lot of them don't make it and um, I had a meeting with Boomer Craig Chris Olivero and Chernoff and uh, talked about the show and I said I don't really know sports. No, don't worry about it. We we you know we'll take care of the sports. You you just do the you know putting the show you know putting topics together and thing and, and the lighter side of sports. We want casual sports fans. We don't want we don't want to do a hardcore sports show. So yeah. that's how it happened.
0: Wow, wow. So it was Boomer and Craig Carton. Craig Carton had some problems with money and all this jazz. He ended up serving his time, came back, in the meantime they bring on Geo, and Boomer and Gio and it's been a success and a lot of times that doesn't happen but it's worked.
1: It's worked and funny that, uh, you know, we, pro- we talked about David Lee Roth before, to me it's funny it's like, you know, David Lee Roth leaves Van Halen, let's bring this guy, oh that works too, you know, like sometimes it does work it's very rare, but occasionally it does work, you know, and to Gio's credit, he came into a, a show that was already, you know, there was all these other guys already on the show, and he, he was very smart in the way he did. He didn't come in and start going, let's make changes this, I mean, uh, he, he tried to ease his way in, you know, and I think that's why it ended up working. Like, he didn't come in like a, a force of like, this, well, the new sheriff in town, we're gonna do this, and it, so he, it, it just went in smoothly, it worked great
0: and for you working all these years with boomer everybody that i've talked to that knows boomer including geo because he's on the upcoming rock stops here podcast he told me that there is no other celebrity as big as boomer is that is so down to earth with the everyday people you work every day with him you feel that way too with Boomer?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Boomer, Craig, Geo, they're, they're all nice guys off the air, right? So, and with Boomer, when we had first started, uh, you know, we got some calls early on. I remember I was like, ah, there were two phone callers in particular, well, one phone caller in particular, that i got and i was like mm, if i put, put this guy on i want to kind of see how far we can go busting boomers balls and it was early on you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and a lot of that's the, that's the other thing like a lot of guys that get into radio that are famous from somewhere else like a david lee roth you know they're the alpha males they don't want to get their balls busted they bust balls they don't get their balls busted right so he said i took a call from a guy and the guy's like hey man he goes i i just watched my, uh, uh, best of the jets dvd goes not one boomer highlight in it i go all right hang on buddy
0: <laughs> you're like oh my god this is on a silver platter
1: yeah so i put him on and boomer laughed it was great so i was like all right we could we could bust his chops you know and and i just remember that uh, and, a, and another guy early on called, he's like, man, Boomer's so bougie, you know, he's got that rich, the guy, blah, blah. Uh, I put that guy through too, and it was funny. Then that, that word, even still today, will be like, that's so bougie, you know, it's just from some random caller all these years ago, and, and that was it, like, f- from that point on, it was like, okay, he's, <laughs> and the other thing that Boomer did when he came in, again, you don't get this a lot of times from guys that come in to do radio from, from a career somewhere else. Right. He let the radio guy, Craig, do the radio guy things. David Lee Roth didn't want to do that. Like, he didn't even want a radio partner. He wanted to do it all. And it's when you let other people do their jobs and don't try to, to control everything, it does work. And that's what Boomer ended up doing.
0: Awesome. So two more, Al. So all right. I, I, we will do the advice, you know, and I know you go back to Kane College and yeah. you go back to your hometown and speak to kids and all that jazz. But um, you work in New York City. You live in New Jersey. You commute every single day all these years now that's something that most that are listening around the country don't have to deal with getting into New York City and out but you do it how's your lifestyle how's your lifestyle been Al
1: Oh, it's probably not the best lifestyle. You know, I go to bed at like 7 o'clock at night, get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so when I commute, no one on the road, it's really it's really not bad. And we're fortunate that our WFAN is if you go into the Holland Tunnel, you're at FAN within three minutes. And then when I'm leaving, I'm back in the tunnel within th- legitimately three minutes. That's so, nice. yeah, it's nice. Um, so I am, I am not a New York City person. I hate New York City. I think it's a dump. I think there's criminals everywhere. There's disgusting things everywhere. I do not want to live there. Uh, so I want to live in New Jersey. So uh, the commute is uh, not great. But over the years, you know, I've really found podcasts like The Rock Stops here. You know, listen, when you got time to on a ride and you know you have something cool to listen to or something on the radio to listen to or music that you love like it 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 can go pretty good so there are days where I'm like oh yeah I got this commute but uh, you know I got a three hour Joe Rogan podcast that'll get me through two days you know it helps
0: now uh, last two do you have a bucket list is there something that you would still like to do al or you're just gonna you think you know what because most people that i've been talking to doing this podcast are at the top or whatever it is and it's funny it's always like well my one thing i want to do this they're all like no i love what i do and i just want to keep doing what i'm doing what about for you al dukes
1: yeah no i think i don't have a bucket list anymore like i got to uh meet you know to to me i don't care to meet the guys playing today i love to meet the guys like from the 86 mets like from from the cowboys of the 1980s or the 90s you know what i mean like so those guys are cool to meet hulk hogan mike tyson not the young athletes today because they they're, they're so much younger than me you know what i mean but to meet the guys that you were watching when you were growing up those that's cool so i don't know i don't really have a. a a bucket list item I feel pretty good like if it came and was taken away from me today I wouldn't be like oh I never got to do no I'm like you know I I had a I got to do all the things I wanted to do well you're still
0: just crushing it you guys the ratings are phenomenal man phenomenal all right last one I you get hit up I'm sure a lot about this for a young aspiring broadcaster and whatever type of broadcasting field they're in you, you you've grinded man and you've made it what would be the best piece of advice you could give out?
1: Yeah, that is a good question now because that has changed. Uh, I used to just say like, do internships, do internships. Not as many as those out there now because a lot, I guess people feel like, and maybe they do now have to pay interns. So it's not as many as there used to be. Uh, there's so many different uh, podcasts and things. My thing always would be is like, try to get in someplace part-time. Like FAN has a lot of part-time openings. And then from there, do podcasts even if no one's listening to it you're getting doing the reps right and i ended up doing that with jerry like i was doing a podcast with jerry for years and then when Chernoff asked if we wanted to do the hour from 5 to 6 a.m i was only able to do that because i'd been already doing a podcast with jerry all these years he and i already had chemistry i had gotten used to being able to talk without panicking what am i going to say next so uh, Practice that, but it is tough now. I don't know how how people do it. Although all these years in the early 90s, people said that to me when I was wanting to get into it. Don't get into it; it's terrible. Blah blah. So I don't want to say that to somebody because people told me that, and there's still jobs. But the other thing is too: you look around here at the media center. The fact that there are a million podcasts, all these different companies are getting in it. The betting companies are getting into it. There is, There are, I feel like, a lot more jobs for you to go and uh, work on uh, audio content, video content, much more than there it used to be the, the TV networks, the local radio stations, and that was really it.
0: Listen now, thanks so much Thank you. for taking the time. You are the man.
1: Tell Whitney he is uh, he i owe him a debt of gratitude for my career also he was uh, somebody who really helped me out and again like when i worked at at the station in tampa i was working there and whitney kingman is like oh this is this this guy's coming in he's got a lot of producer radio experience you know what i mean and I was a young guy, I was working with TJ Reeves, guy, uh, let me work and, T- and, and Whitney was so great, he was like the happiest guy ever. He'd be like, all right, rock and roll, all right. And he would get so excited, Whitney, when, like, now it's hard to, like, now if you want to book a guest, you got to go through PR person, you got uh, you to talk, you know, talk to the right people, they have to be promoting something. Whitney used to just well, do what we used to call uh, a hotel roulette, right? Somebody was in town. You call the hotels and try to get them on the phone, get them to call in. And when Whitney would get a, a guy, like if the Bucks traded for somebody, right? right, right? right. Say the Bucks trade for a Bert Emanuel, right. and you know he's in town somewhere because they're doing a press conference. Whitney would be calling all the hotels, yeah, hey, Bert Emanuel's room, please. And when he would get somebody, and they'd be, oh, real quick, I'll put your right on, put your right on, two seconds, I'll put your right on. No waiting, no call back, I'll put your right on. And he'd get a guy on the air, oh, he'd be so excited. <laughs> and then if the if the guest said the host's name, he would love that, too. I like could be like... Oh, he's going to
0: be out of his <laughs> mind listening to this. And what about Tom Conley, the producer for the Fabulous Sports Babe? Well, Tom,
1: Tom. Oh, Tom. Uh, uh, another one? That's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Had to. It's just forgotten. I left the business because of how, how bad the pay was. I tried to do sales because I saw them driving nice cars. I was terrible at it. I took a PR job somewhere. And Tommy said, hey. it's just six months later. He's like, uh, Sports Babe's looking for somebody. He said, well, I could bring it right in. Now listen, when I left, legitimately I was making, when I was producing, I was making 19000 dollars I said, like, ah, right, Tommy, they don't pay anything he goes. This one pays $46. I was like, oh my God. I go, yes, I'm in. But and but that got me back in that to the business. So awesome. right. It really is people though. People, people, people. yeah. yeah you yeah. know and stuff like that. People you know and people that you've worked with that you've that they counted on you when you worked with them. All right.
0: I used to love Al's Boring podcast. Yeah. Al, you are the man. And
1: how about uh, Whitney when he would do um uh, like Terry Crisp, oh, he used to love when Terry Crisp same would say, days. or and he did had the same relationship with Joe Madden, right? Yes, he did. I, yes. I wasn't there for that, yes. but yes. I saw this with Terry Crisp, right? Uh, uh, and the first... Uh, former, Rays, former Lightning coach. Yeah, and the first Rays manager. Uh, Larry Rothschild loved Whitney Johnson. <laughs> and Whitney loved... He would hate like when reporters, and I was one of these guys early on, would just stick the mic and feed off other people's questions and then get the answers. <laughs> so Whitney would love... When the manager or the head coach would reference Whitney by name, because he knew they couldn't use it on the news, right? he couldn't use it on the, on the WFLA news. Because he'd be like, "Well, Whit," it was so great. Al, oh, thanks, man. Thank you, Rocco.
0: So he is—he's is one of those that has made it, made it in the number one market in the country. It's expensive to live up there. It's hard to work there and stay there and have longevity. But he's in a really good spot. And like he said, and everybody that knows Boomer Sisson or has run into him or has dealt with him, and of course, Al works daily with him, they all say Boomer Sisson's a great guy. And Gio, Greg Giannotti, who came from Pittsburgh, but he's from that area, and he is on an upcoming Rock Stops Here podcast. So I don't want to go back-to-back with the same show. So in a couple of weeks, I'll play you Gio. Gio couldn't have been nicer what a good guy. And I didn't get a chance to see Boomer. Uh, Boomer was very, very busy. Um, but Al is just, he's the salt of the earth. And to find guys like that in this business, and you can kind of tell. That's what's cool about what they got going on at WFAN in the mornings. Eddie Scazzeri. Um, the Eddie, Eddie Scazzeri. Also, uh, the guy that Al does the show with, oh my God, Jerry Greco, Boomer, now Gio, they all genuinely like each other. That's very, very rare in this business, where you get four or five people that work on a highly rated, you got to bring in the ratings and revenue at that level, boy, and yet they all just really get along. They're all down to earth. There's no egos, and that's very rare in this business. That when you're successful, very rare. And you can tell, I could tell, I could see Jerry one one day, uh, right when I was not renewed at Bay News 9 after 18 years. And I was just trying to figure it out. I had a little time. I was going to go back to the city, visit my brother. He lives in Williamsburg. It was a while ago. And uh, about five years ago now. Four and a half, five years ago. And I hit up Brent Hatley, who was working for Howard Stern in the Sirius XM building in New York City, and Al Dukes. And they had just moved to where they are now. Not far from the... It's on Hudson, I think it is, or whatever it's called. But anyway, both got back to me, said, Sure, stop by. I said, I'll take you to lunch. I don't even know if I took uh, Brent Hatley to lunch, but he gave me the whole tour of the Howard compound at you know, Howard Stern, Sirius XM. Not a lot of people are allowed back there. Brent took me all the way through. Then Brent did the podcast years later. And then Al couldn't have been better. We went out to lunch. He gave me the tour. And then when I saw Al in uh, Phoenix at the Super Bowl, I knew I was going to uh, you know nail him down. So it was really, really cool. But it's really neat to see a successful show where the guys are regular guys. And they're not like trying to spite one another or this guy's got this airtime or this guy's got this commercial or this. That happens all the time, a lot of time. And it's not with those guys. And I guess that's why they got the longevity. And it comes through on the air. That's the thing. So, so speaking of radio. So last week I walked out of the Gandhi Boulevard Tampa station of WDAE. They had their last day. The last show on the air was the Pat and Aaron show in the morning, before they're all going to Feather Sound, and they have beautiful new uh, a beautiful new facility. Everything is brand new, state of the art. They're going to love it. I love Feather Sound. Love it, love it. Uh, I just I told Aaron man, I used to play basketball over there. I played Jeff Carlson, the former Buccaneer quarterback, six foot three or four great athlete played them one-on-one in basketball and we shot it for video for content for Bay News 9 Uh, I used to play there all the time Uh, I played softball baseball you know with the kids in Feather Sound I've partied over in Feather Sound known people that lived over there And so I wish them well, but it was really interesting going back into the building because that's where I really started in Tampa Bay. Yes. I had been a national reporter on TV, um, but CNBC bought us out. They dropped sports on FNN sports. I was an East coast reporter getting to cover all the big events and we're all out of, we're all out of a job. That was 30 some years ago. And that's the last time that I was out until not being renewed down uh, lately from here. And, uh, I remember I was living in Denver. I was sending out my tapes, videotapes, here and there, a little radio tape. And there was a job opening at 970 WFLA in Tampa. It wasn't much. 24 grand, something like that. Um, I think when I got here, all of a sudden, it was 22. I thought you told me it was 24. That's all it was. But I was getting divorced. I was single. I was by myself. I had a little pickup truck. I got rid of my furniture, gave it to a guy, Freddie, there. I traveled with hardly anything, man. And I drove from Denver to Tampa. And I stayed at these Lighthouse Bay apartments, which was right around the corner from the radio station on Gandy Boulevard. And I had hardly any responsibility, and I was living the life. I hooked up with a producer there, Jeff Kirkendall. I became friends with him, Jesse, and we would just party, 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 and just have fun. I was on a baseball team with this Gumby and Timmy, and we used to crush and party and have a great time. And did radio, and just, it was a great, 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 great time. And that's how really, really, I credit my career starting, down here in Tampa. And then Bay News 9 was starting and I, I came out on a weekend. I ended up being the weekend guy. I stayed one year, still did radio. So I worked seven days a week. I remember both bosses you can't work seven days a week. Oh, I can. And I did. Didn't phase me at all. Again, when you're single, when you're single and you're only responsible for yourself, life is very, very easy. Very easy. All I have to do is be responsible for myself. Piece of cake. I want to I drink beer right now, I want to party right now, boom. Want to take a nap now, boom. Want to watch uh, TV now, boom. Want to go work out right now, boom. Want to go this, now, boom. It was easy. And so it was good memories. And then last week when it was the final day at the, that building, because they're going to raise it, they're going to make apartments there, you know how it goes. And I walked out, I was standing waiting to get let in. I, I texted the host, Pat, and uh, he said, we'll be down after the break. And I was just standing out there and I'm looking at that parking lot. I remember when I came for my interview. I remember when I did a Sunday night demo show on the air on 970 WFLA. I forget. It was Ted Webb used to do the show. I remember what it was. It was a two hour show on a Sunday night. And I remember going to the Tampa lot. I stayed in this little hotel off of I-4, I, I went to the Tampa Library. This is this is how long ago this is. This is before the internet. I know. I know. I said, let me tell you about the time before the internet. And I went to the Tampa Library. And I got all the Tampa Tribunes and all the Tampa Bay Times. And I studied the Lightning. And I studied the Bucs. I already knew about the Bucs. And I'm trying to think. No, they didn't have baseball yet lighting were already going on and I just studied. I just studied, studied, studied so I could talk Tampa Bay sports. And I auditioned and I got the call. It was around Christmas time. I was back up in Littleton, Colorado in my apartment. And Gabe Hobbs said, You got the job. All right. When do I start? Start whatever, next week. I said, Okay. And I got rid of my furniture. I didn't have much. And I got in a truck. I had no rear view mirror on the right side. I drove all the way from Denver, Colorado. Pulling a little uh, bunch of stuff with a U, not a big U-Haul, one of those like like a little bigger than a little flatbed, and I had a pickup truck, a small Jeep pickup truck, and drove all the way from uh, Denver to Tampa. And I remember it was on New Year's Eve. I left, I left Colorado, Littleton, Colorado, and I said, you know what, somewhere whether it was Missouri or wherever it was, I want to see the ball drop. And I went to the, I saw a vacancy, some little hotel off the inner highway, and I checked in like 10 to, 10 to midnight. I got in the room, this little old room, a little, little tiny TV, and I turned it on. I forgot about the time change. It had already passed. I was already into the new year. It was one o'clock in the morning. I was like, well, didn't see the ball drop. Oh, well, let me get sleep and be on the way. And then I drove right down to Lighthouse Bay Apartments in Tampa. I unhooked, took that off the back of my bumper, left it right there in the parking lot, got into my little apartment, and started life. And it was kind of neat reminiscing when I was standing outside the building on Gandhi Boulevard last week, just looking out like, wow. I remember one time I had a vacation, a week vacation, and I remember coming out, I was going to go back to Denver and then to New Jersey, all in one week. And all I was gonna do was see friends and have a good time. And I remember walking out of the building on Gandy Boulevard, I have a week's vacation, and I remember looking up at the sign and I, I, I put my hands back like, ha ah, yeah, like I'm going on vacation for a week. Do you know that somebody saw me that knew me and hit me up, said, I saw you put your arms back and look up at the sign when you walked out of the building. I'm like, oh my, what are the chances of that? Somebody that knew me happened to be driving by Gandy Boulevard at that time and saw me and knew I was headed on vacation. Hysterical. Hysterical. So just all in all, good, 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 good times had by all. All right, back into the swing of things now. The Super Bowl and that whole trip in Phoenix. That is long in the rearview mirror. Now, heading out to go to Indy, to the uh, NFL Combine. And that is always a really, really cool time. I'm looking forward to bringing you more guests. And again, I got to figure out how I can do video for these Rock Stops Here podcast. I really have to, to go to the next level. It's not going to grow any bigger than it is. Um, I got to figure that out. But meanwhile, I've got a whole bunch of great guests coming up. I may even throw you Eric Burns next. He is a former Major League Baseball player. He's living in this cool community in California He just did. He turned 47 years old last week, and he did 47 miles on the treadmill. And he's running the whole time. 47 miles. I'm not kidding you. He's also been involved with the Savannah Bananas. Have you heard about them? The baseball team where they make baseball fun. They're sweeping the country by storm. He was on ESPN, MLB Network, you name it. He's now with this no-filter uh, network. And I what a great podcast. I, I've got so many guests in the can that are good ones. Um, one of the Danettes from the Dan Patrick Show. He's doing a national, nationally syndicated show on CBS Sports Radio now at Maggie uh, Perloff. Uh, I got him. I got Beasley Reese, who was a great broadcaster, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I got Gio. I got Jeff Schwartz, who was on. He really, Clay Travis uh, put him on the map on the Clay Travis show. And he's been ESPN podcast. Oh, Sean King was tremendous. He's living in Vegas now doing a betting gambling network. It's very, very successful. Um, I, got, I got so many guests that I'm going to be loading up more at, at Indy. I know. I mean, I'm just, you know, boy, it was getting real, real quiet there. The same, I didn't want to start doing the same old Tampa people. I love Tampa Bay. Don't get me wrong. But I'm trying to, to grow to get big. So I've just got a boatload of great guests coming up, and I cannot wait. We're in our season now where we're in our tourist season down here and the roads are getting clogged we got spring training starting that was really really cool going over to uh disney and and sitting in the Rays with the spring training starting i just love it man i really do i love the sound of the wooden bat hitting the ball i don't like the ping ping i don't like that the aluminum i like the crack of the wood bat and the ball hitting the catcher's glove. So, again, we got more spring training. I'm back on the lightning beat. I will get started now. I'm going to start going pretty hot and heavy on NHL coverage um, and offseason football. Like, the NFL is year-round. I'm, I'm going to see. I'm, I'm pulling for Anthony Beck, who's a friend of mine. I consider him a friend. He's a good dude. He's doing the Seattle. He's the head coach of the St. Louis Battle Hawks of the XFL. But it's, it's you know, it's kind of hard to get into, man. I just came off of an unbelievable NFL season college season. And like, like I said, the off season, they're still always. they're very smart. It's such a machine. They know how to market and things like that. So So that is good. And it's also the season now too, for outdoor concerts, music events, things like that. These Fridays they have. I don't know, do they have them in your town? Are you community? Like, Safety Harbor is a community near me, and that's every third Thursday. Another one will be first Friday. No, every third Friday, first Friday. What they do is they block the downtown streets, and they have vendors, they have drinks, they have live music acts, every every street corner that you go to, and it's just, it's, it's tremendous. I guess there's a reason why so many people are moving here. And... We're living at my uh, in-laws. They've been very, very nice. They probably can't wait for us to get a house. But we sold our house, and we're starting to look now again. But it's not a lot out there. And you don't want to just settle. Otherwise, you would have stayed where we were. So it's a little unsettling because you don't know where anything is. You don't have any of your stuff. Everything's in boxes and bags and this and that. But all in all, life is good. Life is damn good. So I'm very, very appreciative if you're like if you're doing okay, man, and you're upright and you're not in a hospital and you're not you know, uh, y- we're okay. You know what I'm saying? We're okay. Let's let's kick kick life in the balls. Let's kick it in the ass and let's step it up. It's time to step it on up. Step it on up. When I walked out of that iHeart building on Gandy Boulevard, I said, "Keep on stepping, keep on grinding. Let's move on up." Heck, that's why we sold the house. We're supposed to move on up. So I told Emily, no no, no step lateral. Why do we go through all this? So same thing, same thing in career. And and being with the family, everything is good. Got to get more time with my son. That boy, he'd be in Georgia. He'll be coming back. All right, listen, thank you very much. Thank you, Al. Um, I, I got to pick one of my great guests for the next Rock Stops Here podcast. Subscribe to this, please, if you have not. And it will come every Tuesday, Tuesday morning, like 3 in the morning. It drops. All right? And get you through your week. I had a couple of people come up to me and say they really like the podcast. I thank you. Alrighty, I'll talk to you next week, same time, right here on The Rock Stops here. Have a great week, guys.